0: this morning, my prayer is just that what I share in my preach, that it would be simple um, and that you know, we would just receive it because I'm, I'm preaching very much for myself here in this preach. Uh, and it's also my first preach with Richard being back, so please clap hands, say amen, just make, make me look good. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I say something weird, please do. <laughs> No, I'm joking. No, it's uh, someone asked me last night. We were at a birthday party. And they asked, how is it with Richard and I love being back? And I just said, it's, it's like having your dad back, you know? It's like, just like having the father and the mother back. It's just, it feels safe. So, very grateful for you guys in our lives, really. Um, and so, this morning, I'm sharing again out of Revelation. <laughs> So my first two preachers, or <clears throat> my previous two preachers, was out of the book of Revelation as well. And I'm sharing out of, um, out of Revelation 3, and, and it's Jesus' last letter. It's to the church in Laodicea. But I first want to start off by saying that we live in a world that is basically becoming solar everything. Everything is running off of solar. And I actually had to go and Google to draw up a list. And this is often how a lot of preachers start with the words, I went and Googled. And I saw a list on Wikipedia of things powered by solar and and things that I didn't even know could be powered by solar. And it was things like, I just want to make sure that I don't miss, because, like solar charger, a solar air conditioning, a solar balloon, a solar chimney. I actually had to double-google that one because I was like, "How does that work?" A solar-compacting trash can, where like the mechanics behind that is like it compacts the trash so that I think like eight to nine times more trash can be thrown in. It's incredible. Um, and then obviously like solar cars and a solar laptop and, and all those things. But the most common one, I would say, is probably the solar that you would get on your rooftop like the normal, normal ones that is used to generate electricity or heat. And uh, you would find them normally on the roofs of the rich people in the estates and so on. You would see like, yes, that looks nice. Um, and moving to Somerset West, we are actually very privileged to be renting uh, a place, uh, <coughs> a flat that actually has a solar geezer. So we've upgraded in life. And so when people come over, we say no, it's ours. Um, no, I'm only joking. No. But I actually had to make sure from my landlord because I didn't want to use this example and it wasn't true. <laughs> and our solar geyser obviously uses now the sun to heat up our water. And so picture, just picture this moment. I'm going to try and create a story. So it's a cold and wet day. And you either you're waking up or you've you just got home. And the only thing you are thinking of is I need to take a hot shower. There's quite nothing like a hot shower that changes your mood. And so it's obviously like this routine of you get in, you open the shower, you feel the water. Okay, it's heating up. And then finally you get in and you're standing. And nothing happens. It just stays the same. The water doesn't get colder, but it just, it stays this lukewarm, lowish water but the worst thing about it is if the water was hot from the beginning you could turn it off and be like i'm going to skip the shower but when you feel the water heating up you're like okay cool this feels all right and you get in and you're in it <laughs> and it stays this lukewarm low low water and and living in cape town especially in the winter we are quite dependent on the sun for <laughs> warm water So it's not a good time for anyone, okay? (laughs) And I've never made a list of the top 10 worst things in my life. And I would definitely say that I would put having a low or lukewarm shower would be there in my top 10 list. It's terrible. (laughs) And I want to share from the scripture of Revelation 3, verse 14 to 22, where Jesus is speaking to the church in Laodicea. You can put it up, Donkey you, Yanni. Yanni is amazing. Yeah, it's lucky. <laughs> um, And to the angel of the church in Laodicea write, the words of the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And we see Jesus speaking to this church. And you see that his reaction is... It's not just like a, you would experience from a lukewarm shower. It's like, ah, this is not nice. We actually, he says to them, listen, rather be cold, not lukewarm. Rather be cold than lukewarm. Otherwise, I'll spit you out of my mouth. It's not the same reaction. It's something massive. <laughs> and he says that in verse 15. Rather be cold, not hot. Ah, not lukewarm. I think as believers, we often need to gauge at what temperature we are running. We often need to ask ourselves that question. At what temperature am I running? Is my heart still burning? And this morning, I want to ask us that question. Is your heart still burning? Is it still burning? Is it hot? And this letter to the church in Laodicea is, is Jesus' last letter to, to the seven churches, and it's a big one. And I want to go through through the verses and, and then look at them. <clears throat> and so in Revelation 3, verse 15 to 16, Jesus speaks, and he says, I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And it's interesting that Jesus' charge against this church wasn't because of this blatant sin issue or or because of a corruptness or, or because of anything like that, but his charge was against their hearts, against their lukewarm attitudes, against a lukewarm spirit, a lukewarm faith. Lukewarm hearts. And it's astounding that he says, rather be cold, not lukewarm. We carry on in Revelation 3, verse 17, where Jesus speaks and he says, For you say, I'm rich, I've prospered, and I need nothing, not realizing that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. That pitiable, I had to Google again with my Afrikaans brain. And again, Jesus is addressing a church, the same as in Sardis and Ephesus, of on the outside. It's, It's this good reputation. They're doing things well. Jesus then says, This, this one thing. They were prospering physically, financially, they were doing well, they were one of the most well-known cities and then Jesus came and he said but that's not enough a good reputation or just a good reputation as a standard is not enough he's, uh, he was after their hearts and this morning every day he's after our hearts he's after our hearts and it's still the same for us, just today as it was for them, that he's after our hearts. And we see this in Scripture, where the Lord speaks of this, of, of him wanting our hearts. And it's in, in 1 Samuel 13 verse 14. And basically what happens is, Saul didn't keep the commandment which the Lord gave him. And Samuel is speaking to Saul and saying, your kingdom is coming to an end. And In Scripture it says there, But now your kingdom shall not continue, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. And this was a reference to David, who would later be anointed king. And you can just imagine that long before David was anointed king, long before he was anointed king, God chose him not because of his good reputation. Not because of looks. Not even because he could worship and sing amazing. But he was after God's heart. And for us, if, if we look at that, if we are truly, truly after his heart, our hearts will burn. Our hearts will be set ablaze if we want his heart. It will be burning with passion, as it was for David. Burning with passion for his God. And I think it's important for us to also establish a, maybe just a framework of what lukewarmness looks like. And obviously Jesus explained to them, this is, this is how it looks like. But I think maybe for us in our day and age, how that would look like. And I would capture it in these few points. And that it would be those talking about prayer, but not praying. Those listening to worship, but not worshiping. Those who wish to belong to church, but never attend. Those who come knowing what to expect, but do not come expectant. And those who live in the kingdom, but do not live for the king. And I thought of an example, and I I cannot take credit for this example. I heard it used by Richard in a preach once, and I hope I do it justice, where he spoke about the hokey pokey. And it's basically like hokey-pokey Christians. I hope I'm doing it. <laughs> and basically what it is, I this morning I sat on the couch Googling just to make sure I get the words right. I actually didn't know it was a children's song. But it basically goes like you put your, it starts with, they put your left foot in, take your left foot out, you put your left foot in, and you shake it all about, and you do the hokey-pokey. I'm not going to do that. Um, but... Yeah, guys, that. Hey, man, like I still, I still want my full-time job as a, as a full-time elder. I can't go into dancing. So, but just how Richard explained it, I thought like it's, it's such a great example of, it's in, it's out, it's in, it's out, it's shaking, it's not knowing. And you get these, these Christians, and, and honestly, I need to recalibrate myself on this so many times. And it's not a fact of wanting to follow Jesus. It's just like, man, Lord, my heart needs to be with you all the time, everything, every day. And it's those who live in the kingdom, but not for the king. And I want to ask again this morning, is your heart burning? Is it burning for him? And we carry on in Revelation 3 verse 18. And here Jesus speaks to them and he says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich. And white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness may not be seen. And salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. And man, just this invitation from Jesus basically saying, come. Come. I've got what it takes. I've got what you need. And here they say, like, no, but we're prospering. We've got what we need. And Jesus says, no, you've got nothing. Come. Come and taste and see what I have to offer. Come and see what I see. Come and hear what I hear. Come and be healed. Come and be the church you were called to be. He invites them and he says, come come take my counsel. And you think, man, what? who wouldn't take Jesus' counsel? He's the perfect counselor. He gives this invitation to them. He says, come. Come, church, take my counsel. Come to me. And in Revelation 3, verse 19, it goes on. And Jesus here says, that those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. And now we see Jesus really expressing his heart for this church. He says that those whom I love are reproved and discipline. And we know that his discipline comes from a place of perfect grace, of perfect mercy. It comes from his heart. A place where we see his heart burning for this church, for his bride. And he goes on further and he says, be zealous and repent. And it's sort of a listen up moment. You get those moments in life where you need to establish, okay, this is a listen up moment. I need to listen to what's being said. He says to them, this is what you do. Be zealous and repent. And I thought of an example of a, there's a superhero in a movie called Fantastic Four. And it's a movie. The one that I know is the one that was done in 2005, so it's many years ago. And there was this superhero, it's uh, played by an actor called Chris Evans, and his name in the movie is called The Human Torch. And basically, he has this phrase, because I I looked at the word be zealous, and I thought, okay, be zealous. Ethan, be zealous. Stephen, be zealous. Okay. 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 Yeah, I shouldn't have used that. <laughs> but it. <laughs> I can't do anything now. But it's just. It's like he says, be zealous. So it's like. <sighs> but in this movie, in Fantastic Four, this human torch, this guy, this actor, he has this phrase, and he basically, his superpower is he sets himself on fire. So that's. It's its, out, it's not that extravagant. He's just on fire. But he's got this phrase where he. He's ready, and there he goes like, flame on! And there's he's like, Pff! it's like flames and everything, and it's just, yeah, pyromaniac. Um, and I thought, man, how cool would it be <laughs> if we, as Christians, we just have that ability to go and be like, flame on! Boom, burning hot. If we could just go, oh, flame on, yeah, passion is there. But it doesn't just happen like that. And it's not a negative when I say it doesn't just happen like that. But I fully believe it's the Lord's purpose that it doesn't just happen like that. Because He draws us in. He wants our hearts. He, he, don't, he doesn't just want moments. He wants a life laid down. And there's only in one place and through one person that this flame on, moment happens. And that's in the presence of Jesus. Only one place, through only one person, in the presence of Jesus. And I just love how Charles Spurgeon captured this this thought or this concept of, of being in the presence of Jesus. And he said, of all the things in the world that can set the heart burning, there is nothing like the presence of Jesus. Of all the things in the world that can set the heart burning, there is nothing like the presence of Jesus. And even in, we read this in the Psalms, where the sons of Korah, they write this psalm and they say, in Psalm 84, verse 10, they say, Lord, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. It's in the presence of Jesus where burning hearts are found, it's in the presence of Jesus at his feet where our hearts start to burn. There's nothing like the presence of Jesus that sets a lukewarm heart on fire. And then he goes on and says, repent. And basically it's repent for becoming like this. Turn around, come back, run, run to my presence because that is where you will find a burning heart. I want to ask, is your heart burning? Is your heart burning? And he goes on in Revelation 3 verse 20. And he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him, and he with me. <laughs> and just imagine that. Hearing a knock on your door. And you look through the little heart. like It's Jesus. He comes and says, I want to come and eat with you. And I wish I would be like our puppy. Not, in, like, not like a dog, but she's now almost six months old. Um, she's growing like anything, eating everything. And you can ask Rebecca that every time there's like a knock on the door, she goes berserk. She even, it's its incredible, she even started to recognize that we've got a little intercom phone, that when someone's at the gate, they phone to open up the gate. She recognizes that, that when that phone rings, she starts barking and goes mad. Because she knows someone is coming. She's shes the biggest extrovert ever. <laughs> it's, oh, it's terrifying. But I just, you see her just getting so excited. Her heart is racing. And she just goes and literally have to be like, push. No, my Near, Vach whoa. But it's just so excited because someone is coming. And man, if we knew that it was Jesus knocking, would our hearts race? Would we be like, yes, it's Jesus coming? And I love that he says, I'm not just here for a brief moment. I'm not just here for a hi and a buy." He's saying, no, no, no. I want to eat with you. I want to come. And spend time with you. I want to eat with you. <laughs> and just think for a moment at the condition, what the condition of a lukewarm heart would look like after having a meal with Jesus. After just feasting with him, after being in his presence. Is your door open to Jesus? I need to constantly say, Lord, my door is open. It needs to stay open. It cannot be a revolving door. It needs to be an open door. Always. Always. And as we start to end off, in Revelation 3 verse 21, Jesus goes on and he says that the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. As I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne, the one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne. Ah, oh, just a story I remember in the house that we grew up in. We lived there for 18 years, and you would come into our TV room, and my dad, I think as a lot of dads do, would have his special chair. Okay, and it was the chair positioned directly. In line with the TV, not not too straight, not too skew, but it was just perfect. And I wouldn't sit on the chair always because I would sit on the chair and then he would basically treat it like his throat. He would. I remember he would come in and say, "Can I come up my stool set?" And then I'd like, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> it was a comfortable chair. But as he would sit down, he would obviously now like normal person sit down. I don't have a chair, so I can't explain. Let me just come here. And I would basically be sitting in between his legs as a little boy. And we would just watch TV. And we wouldn't speak. It was just, I would literally just like curl up in between his legs. He was a big man. (laughs) And it was just this place of safety. It was this place where I felt I was so close to him. And, And that was enough for me, just. Being in front of him, just sitting there next to him. But here, Jesus is saying to this church, "No, no, no. Not just in front of my throne. I want you on my throne. When you conquer, I will grant you to sit on my throne. Not just, not just here, but on my throne." And that shows you His heart what He wants and how He wants our hearts. And it's sort of this encouragement and promise that He gives to this church. Come, the one who conquers. But it's important that He he says it's the one who conquers. It's the one whose door is open. The one whose heart says, Lord, I want my heart to burn for you. Because your heart cannot stay lukewarm. If you are truly in his presence. I was just thinking of the parable of the ten virgins in Matthew 25. Um, I won't read the whole the whole one because it's 12 verses, but just the hearts of these ladies. Just that they they were saying in verse 12, and, and while they were going to buy, that's now the 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 virgins that were not ready, that they didn't have enough oil. Um, And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was shut. Those who were ready. And you just see this attitude of of these virgins. They They were saying, man, we will wait. We will be ready. We will be prepared for when the bridegroom comes. Their hearts were burning for the bridegroom. It stayed burning because they wanted to see him. They wanted to be in his presence. And I want to end off with, with this. There's a Christian worship song that I heard a while ago at um I think it was like a youth leader's equip or conference. And it was by a guy called Zach Densmore. He was part of the um iHop group for, for quite a while and Just the words that he wrote in this song, I just find so profound. And I thought to myself, if I had to have a national anthem for my life, I would happily pick this song to be my national anthem. And in the verse it says, it's easy to sing in a moment that I will always love you. But at the end of the day, when my head lays to rest, have I even spoken to you? It's easy to sing at the top of my lungs that I would give it all. But when nobody's watching, do I always bring you my sacrifice? And then he goes on into the chorus and the chorus says, Lord, I want to love you daily and give up my life for your story daily and lift up my voice for your glory daily and bring you my first. Every time. And you just see how he captures this burning heart in this moment. He says, Lord, daily. I want my heart to burn daily. I want my heart to burn daily. Just even as we sang that song this morning, Lord, you're beautiful. It's that as we come into his presence as we go to His feet, as we spend time with Him, as we devote our mornings, our evenings, our lives to Him, we cannot remain the same. It's impossible. Man, He has an invitation to all, to all shapes and sizes, to all people. Those who know Him, those who do not know Him. He's there. So this morning, I want to ask us, because I'm asking myself, is your heart burning? Is it burning for Him? And not just a flame, is it like Lord? Flame on, exactly. (laughs) Is it a flame on? Are you, basically, are you a human torch for the Lord?